All right. Many times when people think of joy, they can have several reactions. Joy can be associated with feeling happiness, especially a circumstantial happiness related to your current situation. Joy can also be associated with the people or things in our lives that bring us joy. And then some people can even associate joy as being obnoxious and disassociated from reality, refusing to see difficulty in any given situation. And I have an example of one such person that I would like to show now. Roll film. We do need audio. Started from the top. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <gasps> wow. What's this? This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. Yeah. Yep. I love smiling. Smiling is my favorite, too. <clears throat> when I was in middle school, this is not on script. When I was in middle school, I had the nickname Mr. Teeth because I smiled a lot. Yeah. Shout out to Jeremy Scudder. <laughs> he gave me that one. All right. <clears throat> but when Jesus came to earth, the news of his coming was associated with great joy. But Why? And what kind of joy is this talking about? Well, let's read our passage for today. We're going to read Luke. We're going to be in chapter 2, verses 1 through 15, the classic Christmas story, uh, the birth of Jesus. And I've got it on the screen here, too. So, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you so much that we get to worship you this morning. Um, and uh, Jesus, we just pray that we would honor you in everything. I just pray over this sermon, God, that you would have your way in it, God. And uh, we just pray that you would reveal um, your joy to us this morning, God, the joy that of this good news. And uh, yeah, we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
All right. So today, I wanted to focus on the part of the Christmas story when the angel says to the shepherds, Jesus' coming is good news of great joy. What does that mean? There's a lot there. And so I've got three points. My first point is the good news of great joy means we experience the joy of salvation. Uh, Jesus' coming brings great joy because the sting of sin and death would forever be broken. And so to fully appreciate this, as all stories, there's always a backstory to the story. And so I thought I would tell that backstory. In the beginning, when God created Adam and Eve, he gave them one rule. And that rule was to not eat the fruit off of one tree. They lived in a national park. There was a lot of trees <laughs> that they could eat from. But there was one tree to not eat. And they ate that tree, the fruit of that tree. <laughs> and so with that, sin entered the world. And pain, sorrow, death, loss, all of these are a result of sin. And God didn't create us to live in a world like that. He devised a plan that would defeat sin and death once and for all. And that meant he had to become one of us to pay the price that we owed. And the first coming of Christ, Advent, the first Advent, um, God became man and was born as one of us. Um, this looks forward to the death on the cross and the resurrection um, because that was the purpose for which he came, to set us free from sin. And it brings glory to God. What joyous news. We were stuck in this sin, and he came and rescued us. That's, the good, that's one aspect of this good news. So I thought I would share a little story to illustrate being saved from something. This isn't my testimony, but it is a story of me being saved. You can put that picture up. Aw. This is my first backpacking trip. That's JJ. And I did ask his permission before I could share this picture last night at midnight. I was like, hey, can I put this up there? And he's like, go for it. <laughs> yeah, his little face. <laughs> so my dad found some old backpacks on the side of the road. He picked them up and he said, let's go on a backpacking trip. They were in pretty good shape, but we had never been on a trip like this before. It was 2013, and let's go on spring break down the road to Waterloo. Let's walk from our house out to the campground and see what happens. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of thought through it. Um, as you can see, we walked by a prison. That was fun. <laughs> Stay on the trail, prison zone. Um, but when you go uh, on a backpacking trip on the first week of April, it's 60 during the day. It's nice. But at nighttime, it gets about 30 degrees. You can see my backpack up there. It's not exactly REI-approved, you know, negative 20-degree sleeping bag. Needless to say, um, we froze to death in the middle of the night. We didn't actually die. I'm still alive. But <clears throat> we did freeze. We were all huddled together in the middle of our tent with every layer of clothing we had on and all the sleeping bags wrapped around us. It was terrible. But it gave me a new appreciation for the verse that says joy comes in the morning because when the sun came up, the temperature rose, and my uncle showed up and surprised us with some hot chocolate and pheasant sausage, and it was the best hot chocolate I've ever had. Um, but that feeling of being saved by the morning and being saved by, like, warmth <laughs> was incredible. And I just think that that's kind of a, a cool illustration because when, like, when God came into the world through Jesus, as, his, as Jesus, 
um, he, like you could say, a new day had dawned for humanity because Jesus came to break the power of sin and death. And uh, with that, there's joy. And so this is good news of great joy. Uh, my second point is that the good news of great joy means that we will have eternal joy. Um, in Revelation chapter 21, uh, verses 3 through 4, it says, uh, the Apostle John is describing heaven And it says, uh, John says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And that's so awesome. And with Jesus came on Christmas, he is giving us this future hope that for eternity we will get to experience that kind of joy that will never end. The good news means that as Christians we get to experience the uninterrupted presence of God forever. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more sickness, unending joy. This is the future hope provided for through Christ on Christmas. And C.S. Lewis has a cool quote that I like. I didn't quote C.S. Lewis in my last sermon, so it all came out in this one. He says, joy is the serious business of heaven. And I love that. That's so cool. That's a, that's a good one. Um, I think in this life we can see small glimpses of that eternal joy that we'll get to experience one day. Of course, we don't live, we're live we live in time, so everything is fixed within time. Um, but I have... Um, a picture of something that gave me a lot of joy from last year. Yeah, this was a really great moment for me. I hadn't ever experienced a Michigan win against Ohio State that I could remember. And so this was a big deal. (laughs) And this moment, I was like, huh, I wonder what heaven will be like when we get to celebrate that that Jesus defeated death forever. That's going to be joyous. And this is just a little smidgen of a feeling of defeating the enemy. (laughs) Um, But I have to, I can't talk about football without talking about something that's more important than football. Um, The most joyous moment of my life, though, is not when Ohio State was beaten, the enemy was vanquished. Um, It would have to be my wedding day. Hey, I got married. It was such a great day. We got to celebrate with friends and family, and it was so light, and there was so much joy and laughter. This was a picture of us on our way to get pictures in the ARB. It was a party. It was really fun. Um, But I was just thinking about, like, when we get to heaven one day, you know, the the church is described as the bride of Christ, and heaven is going to be one big wedding party basically, forever. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so awesome. Um, how amazing. How joyous. Um, and these are just a few earthly examples of moments that I've experienced a lot of joy. Um, and when God became a man and entered into our world that Christmas a long time ago, he brought with him the hope that we will get to spend eternity experiencing the uninterrupted joy of the Lord. And I can't wait to find out what it will be like to have God himself with us, like it talks about in that verse in Revelation. This is good news of great joy. And then my third and final point is that the good news of great joy means that we can experience joy now, despite 
any sufferings or difficulties we feel in our present circumstances. <clears throat> and I think this idea that joy is not circumstantial is important for understanding what God did on Christmas because it wasn't exactly like the most joyous circumstance that Jesus was born into. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in a barn, but barns aren't warm and cozy and they don't smell good. Um, we were talking about that earlier <laughs> with the frankincense and myrrh. Um, there was like a corrupt, oppressive government at the time. Rome wasn't exactly, you know, people's rights first. And it was an incredibly and unbelievably awkward family situation. Like with Mary and Joseph and the whole thing of God and immaculate conception. And that was kind of awkward, I'm sure. <clears throat> yeah. Um, however, his birth was a light in the midst of the darkness, and it was a joy. It brought joy into that pain. And last week, Pastor Chris read the, the, the hymn of Christ in his sermon, the passage in Philippians 2, and talking about how God emptied himself. And God didn't do that begrudgingly, like, oh, man, those humans messed up back in the garden. I better go save them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, Hebrews 12, 2 says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It gave Christ joy to rescue us, to, to die on the cross for us. That's crazy. And not only that, he acknowledged our hopeless situation as people stuck in sin with no way out and said, I can do something about this. And he did something about it once and for all. Uh, back to Buddy the Elf. Buddy the Elf has an extremely positive attitude, <laughs> regardless of where he is. Toxic optimism. <laughs> he could be in the workshop, failing, the mailroom with the boys, getting chased by Central Park Rangers, doesn't matter. He was just overflowing with joy. Uh, he just loves to smile, because smiling's his favorite. But that's not exactly realistic, though. Like, he wasn't taking account of the situation he was in. And that's not the kind of joy I'm talking about. Like, real joy is able to be experienced and still acknowledge difficulty in the situation. Um, Jesus offers us his joy in the midst of our circumstances. And in a little bit, we're going to be able to pray together. And so if you feel like, you know, you want more joy in your life and you want a touch from God, we're going to be able to pray um, but I thought I would share a few real-life examples of some people that I've seen who have been able to experience joy in the midst of difficulty. Um, and joy and happiness isn't always the same thing, but that's probably another sermon. Um, you can, there they are. Aww. So, the Vanderveldes. Um, as I was thinking about some people I could talk about, uh, I was thinking about Noah. Um, Noah's been kind of going through it, you know, with support raising, and it's been difficult for them as they're trying to raise a budget and pursue this call that they feel like God's put on their lives. And uh, throughout all of this, Noah's been super faithful, and he's been joyous and smiling and, you know, just trusting in God. And to me, that's just a great example of somebody who's experiencing joy in the midst of difficulty, and really, it's the Holy Spirit in his life that's producing that joy, and that's awesome. And then another person is my mom. If you don't know these people, that's my dad, my mom, my little brother, Luke, and then that's my wife, Brooke, and then that's me. <laughs> my mom has been going through a ton of health problems over the last 
year and a half, two-ish years. And just like every other week, it's been like in the hospital, hospital for a week at a time, go home, back and forth, you know. And uh, thank you guys for praying. It's been very, very helpful for my family. But despite all of this, like my mom could easily just give into despair and like give up. But throughout all of it, she has been so joyous. And it's been like such a testament to me of God. Because there's times when I'm discouraged, like, God, why aren't you answering these prayers the way I think you should or something like that, you know? And she's just like, she texted me this morning, like, you're going to do great, like encouraging messages. And I'm like, how are you thinking of others? (laughs) And like so many heart emojis and so much joy when you're going through this difficulty, you know? And to me, I can only honestly associate that with the power of the Holy Spirit at work in my mom's life. Um, It's been incredible. Um, And so all that to illustrate is that the Holy Spirit fills us with his joy. And the same spirit that lived in Christ that allowed him to experience joy on his way to the cross lives in us as Christians. And so we can find joy in our lives despite our circumstances because he is there with us and understands what we're going through. Um, And so in conclusion, and I think the band could probably come up if you all want to. Um, Christmas... So what do we do with this good news of great joy of Christmas? Well, Christmas means that God is now with us. And one of my favorite names of God in the Bible is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And that's just so powerful to me. Like, when we experience highs and lows, he's there through all of it. Um, And we can find comfort in that. And we can find joy in our salvation that Christ has rescued us from our sins. We will have uninterrupted joy in heaven, and we can experience joy now through the power of the Holy Spirit. And as I was just praying and thinking about this message, um, I was just thinking, I was just feeling like we're supposed to offer just an opportunity to receive a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit today. Um, There's a few of us in here. It's just family atmosphere. Um, And so I thought, Um, If anybody is feeling a need for joy, like they're going through something difficult and they just need God, you know, we can pray. Um, You can pray in your seat. You can welcome to come down and pray. Um, But in Romans 15, verse 13, it says, uh, Paul prays, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just think that's a word for us today. So, yeah, as the band plays, you can just come down and pray or stay in your seat, but let's, uh, let's just thank God for what he did for us on Christmas and pray for that supernatural joy. So. <laughs>